Till Death Do Us Part is a lighthearted and sometimes satirical true crime podcast where we present our dysfunctional married take on serious cases involving other dysfunctional relationships. We hope you enjoy. Hello, and welcome to episode 71 of Till Death Do Us Part. I'm Daniel. And I'm Melissa. 71, we're getting older. We are. Well, I am officially 43. She got older. I did. In the past couple of days. I did. And I'm proud to be 43 because that means that I can start saying even more things and not give two Fs about it. You're almost into your prime. I feel like I'm I'm close. I'm close to my prime. I'm getting I probably there. need some more like medication and then I'll totally be in my prime. Yeah. Blood pressure medication, anxiety medication. Gosh. All those good a- things. You're falling apart. I am. Mm. But I'm gonna own it. You should. <laughs> <laughs> We've had a couple really nice reviews this week and we just thank you so much. It really makes our day well and especially my day. And so I take screenshots of them and send them to Daniel and we get all excited. So if you've been thinking about reviewing us kindly, then please go give us a review. It really helps us out. It helps people find us. It helps us move up in the charts, like all that good stuff. Yep. And I'm actually really sensitive to it. So (laughs) if we get a positive review, it's the only thing that gets me through my day. But if we get a negative review, I'm down for weeks. I mean, seriously, it's it's awful. Oh. I mean, I really, it really affects me. Does anybody believe that? Raise your hand if you believe that. Yeah, no one raised their hand. Not one of our 11 listeners raised no, their hand. No, I, honestly, I do really appreciate people that <laughs> yes. give honest reviews. And, yeah. and, and then we know what they like. And if they say we hate us or they hate us, then it's okay. Yeah. But anyways, let's stay with the positive. So thank you for everyone that's reviewed us. We really, really appreciate it. If those of you who haven't could go do that, that would be greatly appreciated. Appreciated it. Did you hear that? Yes. All (laughs) of that. And now it's time to move on. Daniel, you got some factoids for me? All right. We're almost into Halloween. Mm -hmm. So we're going to do blow through this quick top 10 Halloween costumes. (laughs) For this year. It says for 2022, but how could it be the top Halloween costumes before we've had the Halloween and put the costumes on? Oh, okay. Right? Well, maybe they're taking a poll from Amazon. Oh, probably. Yeah. This is what <laughs> or people from are buying. Spirit Halloween store. Yeah, I'm sure this is totally wrong, and it's just someone trying to push their costumes. Yes. That's what I would do Well, if I were in the costume Halloween costume business. Yeah. Number one, share or chur. What is that? Like share, like, do you believe oh, in life after I don't know. love? I don't know how to spell her. I guess that is from Clueless. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, that's that 90s movie. Oh, the blonde, what? the hot blonde chick. This is 2022. Right. And number one is Cher from Clueless. When did that come out? Like 1995? Like, n- like 94, 95. Yeah. I don't know. I remember seeing it in the theaters and I wanted to be Cher and She's going probably... and buying the little skirts with the knee high socks. She's probably what, like 50 in about 
275 pounds now? Alicia Silverstone? Yeah. No, she's our age. Oh, okay. Well, a little bit older, and she's gorgeous. She was just in an American Horror Stories, the one that's on Hulu, and um, she looks amazing. Holy moly. All right. Good job, Alicia. So there you go. Get that. How about Catwoman, they say, is number two. That's what I'm thinking what? for sure. I'm pretty much going to go with Catwoman. Cat. When did a Catwoman no movie come out? What? Am I? I feel like I'm living in an alternate universe right now. I feel like we are in the 90s. I think they're just, it's it's Meow Mix pushing it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Number three, Dr. Ellie Sattler from Jurassic Park. Oh, that's cool. All right. I, have, I like I that I cannot one. picture, though, what that would look like. Well, because Jurassic World just came out and all the characters are back. Laura Dern's character, Ellie Sattler, is back. I know. I just don't know what that outfit would look like. A cargo shorts and a shirt? Yeah, like you work at a animal park? Yeah. All right. All right. There you go. Sure. I like that. Number four, Britney Spears getting married. Oh, God. She's been married like, like three times. Which marriage? Is that a wedding dress with stuff spilled all over it and <laughs> chest falling out of it? <laughs> Poor thing. She's a mess. Well, oh, I, I love her so much, but she's a mess. I think she's cute. Yeah, she is. She's aged well. Yeah, she's aged well. Yeah. She's our age, right? I think she's a little bit younger. Okay. But yeah. So mm-hmm. she's 32. <laughs> Number five, Rue from Euphoria. I have no idea what they're talking about. Oh, I don't know what Euphoria is. I watched a couple episodes of Euphoria, and then I felt like I needed to get on antidepressants, so I had to stop watching it. But I could see that. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. She's cute. I don't even. Well, is it it an older woman? A younger woman? No, it's a young girl. A girl. Okay. And Mm. um. Zendaya plays her and she doesn't wear any makeup and she's like fully natural. And I mean, oh. it, it could be, I'm sure it's an awesome show. It just made me feel things I didn't want to feel at the time. And that's why it's called Euphoria. That makes mm-hmm. sense. I get it. Right. All right. Perfect. Uh, number six, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. That does not make any <laughs> sense at all. The sexy version. <laughs> so you dress up as an old woman that looks really... Homely and homely <laughs> and angry and well, all you have to do is get like a judge cloak and right. then just put a dolly around your neck and you'd be Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah. So with thick glasses, <laughs> with thick glasses. Okay. All right. Well, hopefully it's not the sexy version because I'm pretty. That's sure, weird. Yeah, I'm pretty sure nobody's dressing up as Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Because no one would know what what the hell you're dressed up as. Sure, they do. All right. As an adult, like an adult party, yeah, people know who you are. Yeah, maybe if it's like a costume contest party and all that stuff. Remember when you were Bill Clinton and I was Monica Lewinsky? Everyone who knew who we were. That's funny. (laughs) I forgot about that. And you had your zipper down the whole time. That's right. (laughs) That was the best costume ever. I thought the uh, Ward and June Cleaver was also a good contest we did. Yeah, that was a good one, too. Mm-hmm. And they walked in and they're like, oh, you guys are, are the Cleavers. I said, yeah. What was the line you would say? You said, hey, Ward, you were a little hard on the beaver last <laughs> night. <laughs> I 
I forgot. I said, I said that. Yeah, I forgot about that. That was your line, and then and then the party started. Wow, we're hilarious. Oh god, no. Number seven, Hellfire Club member from Stranger yes. Things. All I, right, yes, absolutely. I hope our I son know. wants to be one of those Hellfire D and D members. I don't sure. know what that looks like. I've seen a little bit of Stranger Things, but yeah, it's that shirt with like the devil on it. I mean, but what's Hellfire? It's the club. Oh, it's the club that they belong to. The two other boys belong to. Gotcha. Okay. And they play D and D. Remember, it was yeah. like in yeah. the the last season that just came out. All right. Mm-hmm. I would totally do that. Maybe our almost fifteen year old son would do a duo costume with his mother. Yeah, you guys should do that. We should. He won't do it though. No. No. All right, here we go. A Black Widow costume. You know what? That makes sense because we are inundated by Black Widows here. <laughs> I'm constantly killing Black Widows. I, I should think, just dress up as one. I think they mean the Marvel character, Black Widow. Oh. That's what I'm thinking. But she hasn't been in a movie for a while, right? I, I don't yes. understand these. I don't Okay. I don't know. I think dressing up as an actual Black Widow would be more interesting. That would be more fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you just go around and bite people. <laughs> Big red dot on my butt. Mirabelle from Encanto. Oh, oh that's, that's cute. cute. Yeah, oh. see, there you go. I know. You really liked that movie. Yeah, it's good. It's yeah. got some sing-along stuff. It makes you feel good. I like feel-good movies. I really do because- He does. He's a softie. There's so No, there's just so much just, I don't know. Everyone's mm-hmm. mad and there's negativity. Negative and toxic. And, and, and I don't, I'm not contributing to any of the negativity <laughs> or- Yes, he is. Or the pessimism or anything. So I totally blame everyone else but myself. No, Mirabelle, that is adorable. So so yeah, Yeah. if you can step away and it's, you know, whatever. A League of Their Own costume. What what is A League of Their Own? Well, it was a movie in the 90s. You remember that movie? A League of Their Own with Tom Hanks. There's no crying in baseball. Oh, I was thinking of A League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. No. Because that <laughs> Sean would be, I just would dress, I would have the car. Yeah. No, this is, I think they just made a series, A League of Their Own, oh. that just came out. But uh, you guys, doesn't this sound like the 90s? It kind of does. We're reverting back to a decade that most people want to forget about. So I'm going, okay, I'm going to start over. I think this top 10 is for adults. Oh, well, I'm, this is an adult show, so she, you no, should be no, sharing adult costumes. I'm thinking, like, the kids aren't going to wear this No, stuff. kids this don't wear adults. this. Yeah. This is adults. All and right. so take everything he just said and turn it into the sexy version, because this is adults. Right, like a super sexy Mirabelle from Encanto. Yeah, that's That's, <laughs> that's <it>. blasphemy. <laughs> well, something. Blast, blast for me, blast for you. It's oh. whatever you want to do. All right. That's it. That's 10. That's enough. No one wants to hear me anymore. No, no. They tuned in to hear you. Oh, gosh. That's a lot of pressure. Oh, my gosh. It is. Well, thanks, Daniel. You're welcome. Daniel. Yes. You ready for my case? Yep. (laughs) Hurry up. (laughs) You have indigestion? No, I just kind of burped a little bit. (laughs) All right. Well... This is the marriage of Cody and Krista Baker Alexander. Okay, cool. Now, Cody spelled his name C-O-U-T-Y. Stop. That is the most ridiculous way to spell the name Cody. You know how I would pronounce that? Cootie? Absolutely. (laughs) 
Cody, <laughs> Cody and Krista Baker Alexander. Yeah, it's Cody. Ugh. No, I it's don't not. Get it. No, it isn't. It's not. I have to call him Cody. I can't call him Cootie. C-O-U-T-Y is not Cody, but okay, I'll go with it. All right. On a beautiful summer morning on Sunday, June 29th, 2008, in Colliel, Louisiana, a call came into the local Livingston Parish 911 Center at 5.51 a.m. It was 23-year-old Cody Alexander, and he had just returned to his residence on Watts Road after a 12-hour shift as an EMT. He told the operator that all the lights were on in the house and the front door had been left wide open, and that his wife of only four months, 24-year-old Krista, was lying on the ground of her sewing room in front of the closet. Cody told the 911 dispatcher that there was no use trying to save Krista, it looked like she had been shot in the head, and she was already gone. Damn, that's rough. Only four months of oh marriage. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. they're still in the honeymoon phase. You're supposed to be. Yeah, it's uh, it's no sleep because you just can't get enough of each other, right? At that point, I'm having aerobics all over the house. Oh gosh, yeah. You're christening every room of that house. Gross. Yeah, nasty. Who wants to do that? I know. And it's humid in Louisiana. Next, you're going to tell me they don't have air conditioning. (laughs) I don't know for sure. (laughs) She has a sewing room? Who the hell has a sewing room? Well, it was like an extra bedroom, and they called it her sewing room. Oh, okay. She was really cute and innocent and just like, I know. I know. This is going to be a hard one. All right. Livingston Parish sheriffs were on the scene within minutes and immediately noticed that the house looked to have been ransacked. Kitchen cupboards were wide open, drawers pulled out, and things were thrown about the home. So a normal day in our house. Basically. I'm just kidding. Krista was lying on the carpet in front of a closet. An ironing board had been set up and the iron was still on and hot to the touch. It looked as though Krista had gotten up early that Sunday morning to iron her new husband's suit for church service later that morning like she always did on Sundays. Someone must have broken into the Alexander's home undetected, crept up behind Krista, and shot her point-blank in the head, killing her immediately, then ransacked the house. What? Cody told the investigators that a Sony stereo and a DVD player had been stolen and a few pieces of Krista's jewelry. But why kill Krista? She would have gladly given over the items to save her life and the life of her unborn baby that was growing in her womb. Krista was over 12 weeks pregnant with she and Cody's first child. I did read in one article that they determined that it was a little girl. Oh. Yeah. What the hell? News spreads fast in Livingston Parish, and soon Krista's family was hearing the horrific news that their baby girl had been murdered. But by who? Uh-huh. We're going to expose that. Yep, uh-huh. in about 40 minutes, I'm sure. Oh, good. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Christy Ann Baker was born on November 27, 1983, in Laurel, Mississippi, to Pastor Winfred Baker and Patsy Ann Baker. Krista was the baby of the family and had two older brothers. 
When Krista was little, her father took over a pastoral ship at the Trinity Baptist Church in Abita Springs, Louisiana. Nice. Do you know where Abita Springs? Uh, generally. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's up above Lake Pontchartrain. Yeah. It's up there a little bit. Krista grew up with a strong Baptist faith. Krista loved working with children and devoted herself to teaching Bible school, and she even went on 17 mission trips in the U.S. and all over the world. Oh, my gosh. She loved to serve. Yeah. Well, she has a sewing room. Yeah, I'm sure she was iron- making things for other people. Do we have an ironing board? No, we no. don't have an no. ironing board. I think the closest thing to getting something unwrinkled is uh, hanging it up near the shower. No, I spray it with water and throw it in the dryer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, but you can't do that with a suit. Well, I think I've done it with one of your suits. Oh, all right. Never mind then. (laughs) Krista was also an accomplished pianist and became a piano teacher in her spare time. Good for her. Yeah. Krista was kind and giving. She had a servant's heart and a strong faith in God. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, Krista and Cody had known each other within the church, and their families were good friends. Cody was a little younger than Krista, but he was the oldest of 14 siblings. What? 14. Good Lord. How do you give birth to 14 children? I'll tell you. 7 through 14, very easily. (laughs) You sneeze. You don't even know. Oh, there's another one. Cody also grew up in a very religious home and was a homeschool kid. Huh. Does that remind you of anybody? Yep. Who? Me. (laughs) Besides being an EMT, Cody was a volunteer youth pastor. Oh, good for him. In 2006, Cody began looking at Krista as more than just a church buddy. He found her beautiful and charming, and it didn't hurt that she was also the pastor's daughter. Yeah. Talk about a match made in heaven. Cody did it right. He knew the steps he needed to take to date Krista. He put his feelers out to her oldest brother, telling him how wonderful he thought Krista was and asking him to set them up. Krista's brother loved the idea of Cody dating his sister and gave his blessing. But both knew that the real blessing needed to be handed down from Krista's father, who, like I said, just happened to be Cody's pastor. That is so much pressure. I know. Holy crap. That would be really hard to walk up to your pastor and be like, hey, so what do you think about me wooing your daughter? Mm -hmm. Woo, woo. (laughs) Pastor Baker was delighted and gave Cody his full blessing. There you go. But it was ultimately up to Krista. Yeah. This was not a forced Right. A forced relationship. Yeah, because with the Mm -hmm. whole thing, you're like, oh, so they were. Right. This was Krista's choice. Right. right, Yes. Within a couple weeks, Cody had preached to a group of children in front of the congregation. Krista immediately felt her heart begin to open to Cody and to the process of falling in love. Yeah. So she's sitting in service. She sees Cody up there talking to these kids, telling them a story. Yeah. And her heart just starts to open up and she's looking at him in a totally different way. Yeah. Within all churches, there is always the hope that one would save their first sexual experience for their wedding night. Sure. That's just kind of what's engraved in you from (laughs) when you're little. Yeah. Yeah. But within Cody and Krista's faith, they wanted to be pure 
for marriage. Okay. Absolutely pure. Oh, boy. Which meant no physical touch. Oh, gosh. No hand-holding. No kissing. No hugging. And absolutely no adult aerobics. Uh, all right. Not even in the back door. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wanted to get you. You had to slip that one I in, did. Huh? Oh, did yeah. yeah right. And the new couple were to be chaperoned at all times. Oh, boy. Okay, wait. What? They're adults, right? Yes. They're in their early 20s. And they had to be chaperoned. They can't touch each other. Nothing. No handhold. No. This was their choice. Okay. All right. Yes. All right. This was absolutely their choice. Chaperoned in your 20s. Yes. You should be out on your own. Well. Who's going to be? Okay. All right. No, that's just my, I know my opinion. This is better. their belief. And sure. this was their choice. And we don't have to agree with it. All right. Amen, sister. Go that ahead. That is not how we are raising our children. All right. Proceed. But that doesn't mean that it's. Oh, no, 18, they're out on the street. (laughs) Yeah, no, there's no chaperoning. That's it. Sink or or swim. So those of us in our 30s and 40s remember watching a show called 19 Kids and Counting. Sure, absolutely. And this was the Duggars. Yeah. They were fundamentalist independent Baptist. So they were kind of their own little sect of Baptist Oh, I did not know that was their official title. That was their official title. That was their letterhead. Mm-hmm. All right. And they practiced pure wooing. Sure. Or something like that. I would have come up with a different word, but go ahead. Yeah. So they Ooh. were not allowed to touch until after they were engaged. <sighs> and right. they could do like side hugs. Oh, and God. they were chaperoned at all times. And then it's just... I don't know. It's just awkward to me. Uh-huh. That just seems very awkward and embarrassing. I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I know. Guess. I mean, it kind of gives me that little bit of embarrassment feeling, but that's just me. That's why the show was so popular because it was like it was so different, and it, it was hard to watch, which made it impossible not to watch. Absolutely. Yeah. You knew that there was a train derailing coming. We didn't know when. Right. We didn't know how, but we knew that that Duggar train was going to go off the well, tracks. It's a lot of pressure. And it has. It, yeah, it's a so much pressure. I don't necessarily agree with all of that at all, but no. whatever. Whatever trips your trigger, I guess. So go ahead. <laughs> Three months into dating, or wooing as they called it, Cody was ready to ask Krista for her hand in marriage. Krista's family was thrilled. They loved Cody as a son and couldn't be happier to merge the Baker family and the Alexander family. Sure. This was a big deal. This is a superpower. Especially within the church. Yes. I I wrote that. I imagine it as these two powerful dynasties coming together. Yep. Dynasties. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Sure. Cody proposed with a beautiful diamond ring. Off came the purity ring and on went the engagement ring. She wore a purity ring? She did. It was given to her by her dad. Okay. Yeah. During the couple's courtship and part of their engagement, Cody lived about an hour from Krista. The couple would see each other as often as they could, and Cody loved to shower his fiance with flowers and gifts. Okay. In October of 2007, Cody got a job in Livingston and rented the house in Coliel, which is about a 12-minute drive. All right. Krista spent her time planning the wedding and decorating their soon-to-be first home as man and wife. 
But Krista began to feel some distance between them. Cody wouldn't answer the phone every time she called and was not visiting as often. Krista chalked it up to pre-wedding jitters. Yeah. What else could it be? Right. On March 8th, 2008, Cody and Krista were married at their church, and the wedding was officiated by Krista's father, Pastor Baker. Of course. So they were engaged after three months, and then they weren't married for another year. Wow. All right. And And now they're in their 20s. She's 24, and he's almost 23. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. The couple shared their very first kiss up at the altar. Really? Yes. Oh, God. That is so embarrassing to me. Oh, yeah, with just... Just awkward. Slobber. You know what happened? What? Cody gave her his cooties. (laughs) Because that's what I (laughs) think his word says. C-O-U-T-Y. But I remember watching the episode of The Duggars when their oldest son married his wife, who the oldest son is in prison now. FYI. Oh, is that okay? I don't and they shared which. their first kiss up at the altar, and it was so awkward and just messy. Oh yeah, just <laughs> slobber and tongues I, all over the place. Oh, and... I don't think I could watch the rest of the episode because uh, oh. I was so I was so uncomfortable and embarrassed for them. Ugh, banging teeth. Yeah. Just he misses her mouth altogether and kisses her on the chin, cuts her lip. After the wedding and reception, the new Mr. and Mrs. Alexander headed up to Jackson, Louisiana for their honeymoon. The couple stayed in a lovely bed and breakfast in an old antebellum mansion. Oh my gosh, they're doing it all right. They are. Everything seemed to go well. Krista and Cody came back with a honeymoon baby. Oh my gosh. Mm Mm-hmm. That efficient. That they they knew where to okay put it. Allegedly, though, they're both um, virgins holding out for twenty something years. I mean, if you're even near them <laughs> and you're female, you're probably gonna get pregnant. <laughs> Just gonna explode. It's gonna be all over there right. and around. Yeah. Well, and Cody and Krista did not want to use birth control. That was not in their family well, planning. because no, they're already old. That's not old. But t- t- for Baptists thing, yeah. I mean, they're they're in their twenties. They're in their pro- they're they got to get started. Gee, <laughs> right? I mean, okay. If you're, <laughs> let's say he he's one of fourteen, right? And she's one of three. All right. If you started in your tw- was she twenty four? Mm-hmm. If you started at twenty four and had a dozen kids, right? You're going to be old by the time that last one falls out of you. <laughs> So she better get, yeah, she, she doesn't have a day to wait. Oh, boy. All yeah. right. Well, she came back pregnant. Good so for her. That's sweet. There you go. Krista was really sick during her first trimester, but mm-hmm. she was so excited to be pregnant and to be a mom. That has to be so hard to be a newly married couple and to be in your first trimester of pregnancy, never having lived with anybody but your parents. Experiencing all these new emotions and feelings and sexually and kissing and intimate and and then vo- and then, and then vomiting all over the place and you're vomiting right. and your new husband no ma- I mean if he's hopefully if he's a good guy he's like helping right. you and taking care of you sure. but if he's not a good guy 
then he's going to hold that against you. She probably has hair down below her butt, right? Because she's... I'm thinking of the Duggars, right? Because all the Duggar girls had the hair all the way down to like oh, their knees. I thought you were talking about like private hair. Private no. Part hair. And so she's having to throw up. So he's having to hold this like, right. you know. Her hair back. Rapunzel length hair. No, she had decent length okay. of hair. All right. Yes. She was a beautiful woman. Yes. I, well, I'm sure she was. No, just, she was. Okay. She really, really was. Cody, on the other hand, was becoming more distant and uh-huh. hanging out with his co-workers more and more. Especially a pretty blonde co-worker named Allison Sharp. Oh, boy. And I'm throwing this girl under the bus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, with a name like Allison. I mean, <laughs> gosh. I'm just kidding. I don't... But Krista and Cody kept up appearances and seemed like a very happy and content newly married couple. So now we're going to fast forward back to the crime scene. Yep. Back to the future. Yes. Put your mind there. All right. Investigators began combing the scene for any evidence at the house. Okay. Besides the home being ransacked and some missing electronics and jewelry, the only piece of evidence found was a 9 millimeter shell casing near Krista's body. According to the medical examiner, Krista was shot once through the back of the head, execution style. The bullet entered on the left side and exited the right and that it was a contact gunshot wound, meaning the gun was touching her head. Oh, God. This was cold-blooded murder. Right. Investigators asked Cody if he owned a 9mm handgun. Cody told them that he just so happened to sell a 9mm handgun the day before Krista was murdered. Ugh. Cody was a gun guy and had begun selling off some pieces to make extra money since he was now the sole provider of his family, and money at this time was very tight. Sure. A man by the name of Steve had come to the house and purchased the gun with $400 cash. Krista had even served him some lemonade. Oh, gun and some lemonade. Yeah. She was very much the dutiful wife. Okay. Cody never got Steve's last name but remembered that he had driven a small gray truck with a large dent on the side. An APB was put out for the truck and for Steve. But if this was Krista's murderer, police believe he had already had a 12-hour start. So all he gave the police was a vague description of a truck and a guy named Steve, and he got 400 bucks cash. That's it. Right. And then he had sold him his 9mm handgun. But there's the no day proof. There's nothing. Right. And when I say the day before, I mean the day before Krista's body was found. So he had actually sold him the gun the day of right. what they think okay. was Krista's murder. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Right. Like within that time frame. Okay. Investigators asked Cody when was the last time he had shot that particular gun. He told them within the last few days that he liked to go down to the pond located behind the house and do some practice shooting. I like to go down to the pond every once in a while, do a little practice shooting. <laughs> sometimes I take the 9, sometimes I take the 45. You know, it's what I do. <laughs> so what we do here. Is that what he said? Something like that. I'm sure, I'm sure yeah. Gosh, all right. Investigators went down to the pond and located those 9mm shell casings on the shore. Those shell casings matched the shell casing from the bullet that killed Krista. 
Well, yeah, but he sold the gun. Mm-hmm. and uh, To a guy named Steve. To a guy named Steve for 400 bucks. Mm-hmm. Cody's 9mm handgun was the murder weapon. But why would Steve come back to the house to rob the Alexanders and kill Krista? It just wasn't adding up. No, in They fact, didn't have a lot of nice stuff. They were newlyweds. They didn't have any money. If it were me listening to her, I mean, she sounds like a wonderful person. I'd come back and steal her. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, you know what? Your husband just kind of seems Not like kidnap it. her, but like no, make but her like, fall in love I with would, you. Um, yeah, within with 10 minutes. Right. I'd give myself 10 minutes to woo her <laughs> away from the chucklehead and be like, hey, look, um, are you going to make me lemonade every day? Yeah? Do you want to come with me? Yeah, let's go. Seven hours after Krista's body was found, Cody was brought into the station to be officially questioned. Yes. Cody went through the events of the last two days. He had sold his 9mm to a guy named Steve earlier that day. Cody had left for work around 4.30. He had called into work to tell them he would be a little late since he had fallen asleep on the couch and Krista had forgotten to wake him. It's all her fault. No. (laughs) Horrible, horrible woman. (laughs) But he said, but he wasn't mad about that. Oh. He wasn't mad. He was just rushed, but he wasn't mad. He then worked a 12-hour shift and arrived home after 5.30. Okay. Investigators asked Cody to tell them the timeline two more times. <laughs> Both times, Cody's timelines changed. Yep. There were inconsistencies. In one version, there wasn't even a mention of Steve buying a gun. Oh, boy. Or of even that guy named Steve. Red flag. Red flag. Dan, Steve, Mike. There's one of those guys. <laughs> one of those. I'm sure. I'm sure it was one of those guys I sold the gun to. Cody's routine questioning had now turned into an interrogation. Of course. The investigators were like, mm, yeah. this isn't adding up. So let me, hey, so um, Cody, let me ask you one more time because I, I, I'm trying to, I forgot what you said. I'm just not understanding this timeline. Yeah. I forgot to write this down. So now tell me again about that. And that is different. Investigators worked their magic and played on Cody's raw emotions. They told him that he came from a good Christian family and that he was not a monster, but that they knew what had happened but needed Cody to tell them why it happened. He needed to tell them the truth. Yeah, or otherwise he's going to hell in a handbasket with a jetpack and wheels. (laughs) I just love investigators. I love watching them interrogate somebody because they're just brilliant. They can pick out little things in somebody's personality and just play on those. Sure. And just get them to spill their guts. It's awesome. And it's beautiful sight. Uh-huh. Cody cracked and said out loud through tears, I did it. I did it. Cody admits that Steve was a fake and that the shooting of Krista was all an accident, but that he did it. It was an accident? It was an accident. A point blank gunshot wound to the side of the head was an accident. Yes. Sure. Okay. This ought to be good. So this is Cody's story. Oh, God. Cody was getting ready to leave for work and was taking the 9 millimeter handgun with him since he was looking for a buyer because he had been selling his guns. Okay. He was walking through the house, playing with a gun and pretending to shoot it. Making boom sounds. Okay, he is an idiot. Yes. If that's true, he is a... An immature idiot. 
Okay, so he's running around pretending to shoot his stupid gun. Yeah, he's walking through the house going boom, 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 boom. Yeah. But Cody didn't realize that the gun was loaded, which is a bunch of bull. Of course. Because he was a gun guy. Well. Because he loved guns. Yeah. I mean, clearly he's a gun guy. (laughs) I guess. Look at these guns. All right. He walked into the bedroom or the sewing room. And Krista was bending over in the closet gathering clothes. As she straightened to stand, the gun brushed against her head and Cody accidentally squeezed the trigger. I'm out. No way. Cody was unaware that he had pulled the trigger and told investigators that the gun did not feel loaded. And he was expecting a click and he heard a boom. And he's sobbing and he's saying, I expected a click. I thought there would be a click, but instead there was a boom. He brushed the gun against her head and then accidentally squeezed the trigger and accidentally put a bullet through her head. Right. As she was standing up from gathering clothes. What the hell is wrong with him? (laughs) This was all a tragic accident. Oh, no. I. You know what? Now that you explain it, makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah, No, I get it. Instead of dialing 911... He washed the blood off his hands and called in late to his shift. Sure. Cody went to work around the house creating a fake burglary scene. Uh-huh. He loaded his car with some of Krista's jewelry, the DVD player, and the Sony radio. Cody also left the front door wide open and all the lights on, hoping that one of the neighbors would get curious and walk over to inspect the home and find Krista. And then they would dial 911. Um, no. Right. Okay. As Cody was driving to work, he threw the nine millimeter and the jewelry out of the passenger window on the side of the highway, which they found, by the way. Okay. Left the radio in the woods, just walked the radio (laughs) into the woods and put it down and gave the DVD player to his coworker, Allison Sharp. Hi, girl. I got you a DVD player. (laughs) She's like, oh, aren't you sweet? Okay. After Cody's 12-hour shift, he returned home and noticed the front door was still wide open, which means nobody went to inspect the house. He goes inside and decides to set up the ironing scenario, making it look like Krista was ironing his suit like she always did early Sunday mornings and was ambushed and killed. Okay, so this psychopath was capable of doing all this and went and went to work. He went to work to save other people's lives. That means somebody had the displeasure of having him roll up on a scene to treat them. Mm -hmm. Within the back of his mind, he's perfectly calm and collected and able to do his work, knowing he just put a bullet through his wife's head and set up a scene. Yeah, he's a sociopath. Sure. He All those can paths. put things I don't know. into many, little however, boxes. However many paths he has to take, he took them all. <laughs> he he put things into boxes. <sighs> A lot of boxes. Mm-hmm. So he was able to do that. Okay. That is just Melissa spouting out a diagnosis that probably has nothing probably to do not. with no, Cody. No, but to me, that sounds like a sociopath. Yeah, Anyways. In your unprofessional opinion. Exactly. Right. Okay. Cody called 911 at 5.51 a.m. So that was it. That's what he said. That's his whole story. That's his whole story. sticking to it. Yes. All right. Fair enough. 
Cody was officially arrested and charged with the murder of his wife, Krista. Krista's family, friends, and congregation were shocked by Cody's confession. How could this have happened? And why didn't he just call 911 right after he'd accidentally shot his wife of only four months? Right. And then take the day off from work. (laughs) Right? And not going to work. And not going to work at all. Equally as shocking was Cody's next confession. He had been having an affair with his coworker, Allison. Boom. There it is. All right. Dun-dun-dun-dun. I'm sure most of you saw that coming. Well, of course, because... They'd been secretly flirting, holding hands... Uh, No, stop. And kissing... Oh, no. Oh, that's it. Since the fall of 2007. Why didn't he marry her? Before and after Cody and Krista were married. So right after Cody and Krista got engaged, he started this, you know, kind of affair with his coworker, Allison. So he was touching Allison and doing all the things that he wasn't able to do with Krista. Yes. But maybe he felt like he had to do that because he wanted to be good at it, like kissing and holding hands. Oh, like Allison was just a- So Allison was his uh, practice- Practice. Practice wife. His- uh, (laughs) (laughs) What are those things? His blow-up doll? Yes. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Cody and Allison had only spent one night together, and that was after he and Krista were married. Oh, God. Cody had taken Allison to a Callaway Inn in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He rented a suite with a jacuzzi. Nice. The co-workers had a meal in the hotel room that Cody had cooked them and that he served Allison on he and Krista's wedding china. Wowzers. What a dick. A little bit. I'm sure they bathed in that jacuzzi and spent the night bumping uglies. Probably. Which now made Cody an adulterer. I'm No, I'm sure they sat in the jacuzzi fully dressed. Mm. Just With talking. their bathing suits on? Yeah, just talking. Just talking about their issues. But then at this time, Krista was really sick because she's in the first trimester. Mm-hmm. I remember being really, really sick. Yeah. And I remember it was really hard to feel sexy. Yeah, just and with to, puke everywhere, yeah. all over the walls, <laughs> just terrible. Right. So I'm sure their sex life was not what most newlyweds are because she was suffering from such horrible pregnancy I was going to say, sickness. so, okay, so they've been allegedly waiting all this time. Mm-hmm. Right out of the gate, she's pregnant. Right. That means very short time after, she's not feeling good, which means she's not feeling into it at all Mm -mm. so he's probably a little disappointed right i'm guessing but this is not krista's fault no 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 no. i'm not i'm not not blaming her i'm just saying that he's already dickhead yeah he is already and then he's just like well clearly and then it's just kind of not all that so he's like you know i'm gonna go and she's probably flirty with him at work yeah there's this chick i'm gonna go hang out with her (sighs) all right i know Uh people are horrible With Cody's confession to the killing of Krista and his admitting to having an affair, Krista's family began putting some pieces together, some things that had bothered them about Cody. So there had been red flags since the very beginning. Of course, there's always red flags. 
but you don't want to believe them because you want to believe what you want to believe. Yep. At the wedding, Cody seemed very nervous, almost sick, like he just did not want to be there. They were saying, well, it's just wedding nerves. No, it's not. We're going to laugh this off. You either want to be there or you don't want to be there. There's no such thing as, oh, you really don't want to be there. Oh, no, you do. You just are having wedding nerves. Yeah. I love it when they say they had cold feet. Okay, if you had cold feet, then you need to take those feet and you need to run away. Put put on warmer shoes. (laughs) Put on warmer socks. Yeah, come on. (laughs) No, you need to go. You need to figure out why you have cold feet. Yeah. (sighs) Cody had also made a very odd statement to Krista's mother after the wedding. She gave him a big old hug and he whispered in her ear, I'm going to take your daughter away from you. That's Mm -hmm. weird. That's really weird. Yeah. I would have been like, what the F did you just say? Daniel, Daniel. Listen to what this guy just said to me. Yeah, that's just not probably the best thing he could have said into her ear. Cody was also seen hugging on a beautiful blonde at the wedding. What? They were hugging a little too long and a little too tight, according to Krista's older brother. Wait, but you're not allowed to hug your fiance? Right, but you can hug another But you chick can hug another At your blonde? wedding? And okay. that girl that he was hugging on, that was Allison. Allison was at their wedding. Oh, okay. How gross. Allison, you're gross, girl. Yeah. After they were married, Krista began telling her friends and family that Cody wasn't around very much and that he was always with his work colleagues, nope. a.k.a. Allison. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Krista had also told her mom that one day she walked in the kitchen and their wedding china was on the counter. She asked Cody about it, and he said that he was going to make her a nice meal and serve it on their wedding china. A meal he never made, Krista. Krista found that strange enough to tell her mom that. Yeah, that's odd. Also, Krista found out that Cody had never put her on his insurance. She did not have health coverage. Cody called it an oversight, but he still never put her on it. That's weird. Yeah. Soon after Cody was arrested, he was charged with second-degree murder, first-degree feticide, and obstruction of justice. Okay. The Bakers refused to let the state offer Cody a plea. They wanted to see Cody go to trial. Yes. On August 4th, 2009, the case against Cody went to trial. Cody's defense argued that the killing was all an accident and that Cody would never have purposely premeditated the killing of Krista. Cody had a solid reputation in the community, at their church, and with his co-workers. Cody even took the stand admitting that he had staged the crime scene, but that the shooting was an accident. But why would you stage the crime scene if it was an accident? Right. That doesn't make sense. The state disagreed. Of course. They believe that Cody intentionally murdered Krista. She and the baby stood in the way of Cody having the life he really wanted with Allison. Cody did not want to be a husband, father, and the sole provider, but divorce was not an option. He would have disappointed everyone he loved if he would have left Krista. It was against everything he had been raised to do. Divorce was shameful. But murder is not. Right. Okay. Right. Got it. The couple were also having money troubles. Cody was only making $11 an hour and was having trouble passing a test that would have earned him more money per hour. And Krista was not planning on working. 
She wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. It's a lot of pressure. 11 bucks an hour as an EMT? Yeah. Oh, that's rough. I know. I mean, I get this is 2008. And 2008, financial market crash and all that good stuff. Of course, I don't think he had a lot of money in the market at that mm, point. No, but not yet. <laughs> just saying. So what they're saying is that this was not what he wanted, but he went through with it anyway. So all the pressure, the families, church, all that stuff is for upbringing his uh, other 13 siblings. He's like, this is what I'm supposed to do. Right. But this isn't what I, want, what I want to do. do. Mm-hmm. So it's really their fault. They they pushed him to this. They oh. pushed him to the edge. He's probably blaming them too. No, absolutely. It's yeah. wonderful. Mm-hmm. The actual shooting in the bullet cannot have been accidental. The 9mm handgun was a Springfield model gun, which is manufactured with the safety on the back of the handle. You would have to squeeze the safety in order for the gun to shoot. Almost impossible for the gun to go off accidentally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not like in the movies. What the jury needed to decide was whether or not the shooting of Krista was accidental or premeditated. After six hours of jury deliberation, the state started to worry. They were concerned that if the jury would not agree, the case would end in a hung jury. So Cody was offered a plea of 55 years in prison. Cody accepted. Wow. This was down to the wire. They had a jury that didn't 100% think that this was premeditated? Right. And I couldn't find any interviews with the jury members. So I don't know what was taking them so long. I mean, maybe lunch was late. I don't know. Interesting. Okay. But that's all they had to decide really was, was this accidental or was this premeditated? Right. And it just, because that I don't would, know what was happening in yeah. that jury room, which I'm kind of bummed about. I really did try to dig, you guys, I promise. Um, but Cody accepted that right. plea deal at the last minute down to the wire. But why would you accept a plea of 55 years in prison if what you're claiming is true, that you just accidentally shot your wife? That's almost a life in prison yeah. result. I mean. Exactly. Right. That's that's kind of an admittance. Assuming he doesn't me. get out early, which he will. He's no, it's it's fifty five years. Though there's no there's chance no of chance of parole. It's fifty five so years. Seventy eight. Yeah, he basically accepted a life sentence. Yes. Okay. For an accidental shooting. Right. I think if it was accidental, he would have fought and fought and fought. Well, it sounds like he kind of did in his defense through everything they could, which wasn't much. So. Right, but it seemed to be going in his favor. If it was a hung jury, then that would mean that some of them believed that it was an accidental shooting. Yeah. Do you know why they do not give an all-male jury Viagra before they have to sentence somebody? Why? Always ends in a hung jury. Oh, my God. Just saying. Anyway, <laughs> oh so. Oh, my gosh. So. Okay. Oh, that's one so, of those okay, quirky so dad jokes. 55 years. Mm-hmm. All right. But. I believe that no matter what, even without Cody's confession of an accidental shooting, the investigators would have figured out that it was not an intruder that killed Krista because Cody was not that smart. No. The iron was hot, which meant that it had been turned on no more than an hour before police arrived on the scene because all irons come with an automatic shutoff system. Oh. According to Cody, she was accidentally shot over 12 hours before he called 911, which meant her body was in the beginning stages of decomposition. Right. 
If it had been an intruder, like Cody initially stated, they would have had to shoot her after 5 a.m. for the iron to still be hot. And there was no way that she had only been dead an hour because her body would have not been fresh. Right. The medical examiner would have been able to determine her time of death, give or take a couple hours. He would not have gotten away with this. Nope. Nope. So that intruder theory goes straight out the window. Cody also gave the DVD player to his girlfriend. That's evidence. I'm sure Allison would have turned on him had the police questioned her. Right. And they would have found out about her. Absolutely. Plus, as an EMT, Cody had to clock in and out for work, especially because he's being paid hourly. If his shift began at 5 p.m., then he would have to clock out at 5 a.m. They lived only 10 to 15 minutes away from Cody's job. He called 911 at 5.51 a.m. That gave him over 30 minutes to stage the scene, unless he could come up with a timeline from the time he clocked out around 5 a.m. till 5.51 a.m. He would have been caught. Yeah, totally. Are you ready for my personal theory? Yep. Lay it all over me. this, uh, This is not saying this is the truth. This is just me saying what I think might have happened or motive. That is what we are here for. Okay. I think that Krista found out about Cody's infidelity. He said that she was in the closet gathering clothes. I bet she was going to start packing her things to leave Cody and he freaked out. And he shot her. Oh, I did not see that. Mm-hmm. That's a because there was a pile point. of clothes right by that her. That is a great mm-hmm. point. There wasn't a suitcase out. There wasn't anything else. But I honestly think that she was in the process of starting to pack up her stuff. He saw it, mm-hmm. flipped, went and got his gun, walked in, had some words, and she's like, "I don't care. I'm out of here." He walked up, shot her, pulled, in the, head. pulled the gun, mm-hmm. and, and that house was ransacked. So everything was taken out of drawers. So you would never be able to see if she had really started packing or anything like that. So that's just my theory. Don't get mad at me. I, I I put money on it. Okay. At least a dollar. Cody is 37 years old today and currently an inmate at the Louisiana Department of Corrections in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He has 41 more years left on his sentence. Cody will be 78 years old when he is released. You were right. 78. Good job, math guy. That's Mm -hmm. 23 plus 55. I know. (laughs) I'm not a math guy. I had to do the math on my phone calculator last night. (laughs) So (laughs) I did. (laughs) Um, Oh, my God. Yeah. So that was basically a life sentence. So, Daniel, what did you think of my case? It's fascinating. The whole dynamic with pressure and people families and and everything i mean who knows what drove him to do what he did right someone like a psychologist would probably say well he basically formed this acceptance that this is what he had to do but he didn't really want to do it right and then he just kind of snapped right Mm-hmm. which is horrible and it's his fault it doesn't matter but it's kind of fascinating right it's absolutely his fault There's nobody else to blame but him. No, no. But it's like, oh, my gosh. And then this poor, beautiful girl Mm -hmm. with a beautiful girl inside her. Yes. Just gets slaughtered. Right. Just killed by this piece of crap. Yeah. This guy who put on a front. (sighs) He was wearing a mask. Yeah, that's it. Totally. He was being who he thought 
everyone wanted him to be and what he needed to be mm-hmm. and what he was raised to be. But that's not what he wanted to be. Yeah. And that's a lot of pressure. But Cody, it's your fault, dude. Oh. This is absolutely your fault. Yeah. You could have walked away. And who cares? So you say so you're shamed. So what? Move away. Who cares? Change your name. Do something else. Go get the other girl. Right. And the thing is, when you watch interviews with Krista's family, they ultimately forgave Cody for what he did. And they still say that they love him and that they've forgiven him. I could never forgive somebody like that. But I think it's a beautiful thing that they can. But Cody, they would have forgiven you. Yeah, because release her. Release her from this bond of being miserable. Right. Let her live her life. Yeah, let her move on. They would have forgiven you for that. Let her find someone she actually does deserve. Oh, God. I know. I know. You know what, though? I I know you you hear people say that, like, how could you forgive someone? In my opinion, it's not that. It's that they know that they need peace in their Mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. So by doing that, they're mentally releasing that from themselves because otherwise it'll eat them alive. Right. They are good enough people. They're like, you know what? For what it is, as horrible as this is, we forgive you and we love you. And by saying that in their mind, they are releasing themselves from that hate that yeah. keeps them from functioning for the rest of their life. Yeah. It's actually right. really brilliant. Mm-hmm. I don't know, brilliant, like they're smart. It's actually a, a really good idea because we hold on to things. So it just means that they were able to let go mm. so that they can continue living living their life. And the gift of their faith is that they know that they will see their daughter again someday. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure yeah. that helps them every day with that promise that they will see Krista again someday and their granddaughter. And I would get some happiness knowing that he is in prison getting raped. <laughs> oh my God. I'm just saying. that That's just me. So, you know, <laughs> oh, I mean, Daniel. I'm just saying that's, that's, that would help me get through my day. <laughs> oh my so, gosh. you know, take it for what it is. Uh, well, I am not a good person and I would have a really hard time forgiving somebody and I would want justice and yep. I would want bad things to happen to him on I a would, regular basis. I would try so. and get things snuck <laughs> into prison. And, uh, yeah. uh, well, thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if. You like what you heard. <laughs> no one likes funny. what they hear. No, no. If you think we're doing a good job, please go rate and review us on Apple Podcast, Spotify. You can do that. Yep. That's it. Amen, sister. Not that you're my sister. That would be weird. <laughs> that would, that be, would be weird. A, I think we've already done a show like that. Right. If you feel like supporting us, go ahead and visit Patreon. We're on there. Yeah. And we, we try and make it worth your while. We do, actually. And, uh, we're we're working really hard to make Patreon worth your while. We're trying. So. We're trying to do twenty five hours of stuff in a twenty four hour day. So we're really trying. We are. And raise two children. So there you go. Poorly. Um, be careful. For marriage is a life sentence. And divorce is always the better option. It's one of the options. It's the only option. Especially in this case. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.